deviance. Welcome to show. I am the Clinteris, and I am here with the Gooch. I'm Batman, <laughs> and apparently he's Batman. I'm Batman, and we are the Social Deviants, who are here today to talk about. Uh, probably one of the best comic book movies ever made. Would you guys say? Yeah, I agree. It's uh, not the best. I, I don't definitely know if it's one the best, of the best. But it's guaranteed up there. It's up there. best DC movie. Probably, probably. And that's yeah. the Dark Knight, which is the second film in the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Yeah, I, I guess it. They call it the Dark Knight trilogy or the Batman trilogy. I don't know what the. Hell I think it's the Dark, Dark Knight trilogy. trilogy. It's Dark, Dark Knight trilogy. trilogy. Yeah. So. Uh, this movie was was released on July fourteenth, uh, uh, July eighteenth, uh, two thousand eight. So that's yeah. about it's a little over eleven years ago. And the reason why we're we're uh, talking about this film is because we're on the cusp of the release of Joker with starring Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and this film is the one that we chose particularly because the main antagonist of this film is the Joker. And I think it's, I mean, this obviously this movie made like over a billion dollars. It's a huge film. Everyone knows it. I, I don't know. Maybe if you're like 10, maybe you haven't seen the movie. Uh, but everyone probably over a certain age has probably seen this movie. And one of the things that I wanted to start off with since we mentioned the Joker was the opening scene. Uh, because I remember seeing this in the theater and thinking to myself, I don't, did you guys remember a movie before this where the opening scene of a comic book hero movie was focused so heavily on the, I guess the original Batman movie did this too, was focused so heavily on the villain. Um, no, I don't, I'm, I don't, I think the original Batman movie, the first, one of the first scenes was Batman. Like catching some just some goons or something. So right. this movie was even was way different because it focused on the Joker. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like even like in DC or in Marvel stuff, um, everything usually starts with the hero. Yeah, even like even like in like obviously the first movie is like an origin story, so it has to focus on the hero. But like even when there's sequels, like Spider Man Two, eh. With I mean, obviously, Dark Knight Rises started with a Bane scene as well, but I yeah. think this movie, there may have been some other ones after this, but I think this movie was one of the first ones to really concentrate on the villain first, and I think that that opening scene really worked well because I really love the way that he set it up, where he sort of had this group of guys who were going to run this job to rob this bank, and I'm assuming this was this job was going to bankroll the rest of the the things that the Joker does throughout the rest of the film, but also he had each guy kill another guy uh, <laughs> ended with him killing the last guy, which was the bus driver. And he was actually in on the whole, he was actually in on the job the whole time, but none of the guys knew that. It just yeah. shows like how he's a perfect, like he perfectly meticulously planned the entire thing. And I think it's perfect. Like it sets up how he, he's like this evil mastermind, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. He, and it's interesting because that's a scene that shows you that he's actually quite intelligent. And for as, you know, crazy as he might be, he's not stupid. Right. Right. Yep. And 
and so when you have once you establish that character uh you know then you you're introduced to batman and he's and obviously like you mentioned the first movie is a origin film and this movie was sort of a continuation of that because they alluded to the joker at the end of the first film so you see a fully a full fully formed batman at the beginning of this film and i couldn't help notice i couldn't help laughing when i first saw him because i couldn't help, i couldn't think of anything else but devo saying i'm batman i'm batman Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of people have made fun of the voice. Yeah. The Batman voice. And I understand why he did it because this fool's mouth is exposed. You're definitely going to know it's Christian Bale. And if he talks in his normal voice, of course, everyone's going to know who the hell he is. It's un- it's preposterous to think that they don't know. But at least he added in the voice so that you at least didn't hear his real voice. I was just curious what your guys' like real thoughts are beyond, obviously, the jokes. I mean... Uh, it- Go ahead, Lukic. Well, well, I always thought it was actually they did a good job with it because even you go if you watch the animated series, like the voice that Bruce Wayne uses as he's Bruce Wayne, and when and and he changes it for when he becomes Batman, right? Yeah. So, and uh, I think Christian Bell was doing the same thing. I I thought it was cool to be honest with you. I mean, true. At first, it was a little bit. I'm Batman. What are you gonna do? You know, (laughs) what are you gonna do, brother? When uh, Batman brother. Well, you know, at first it was a little bit silly, but you know, it, it grew on me. I liked the way he like he spoke as Batman. Yeah, and, and his he, Bruce Wayne is awesome. And, so. and I think every iteration of Batman. Well, um, even if you look at Adam West's Batman, he still he does it in like the slightest difference, <laughs> where he's like, sure. "Hey, I'm Bruce Wayne," and then it's like, "Hey, I'm Batman." Like he still has <laughs> that, like that suaveness to him, but it's just a little bit deeper. Um, Michael Keaton did the same thing, you know. Uh, yeah. It wasn't until we got to Val Kilmer and George Clooney where they used the same voice and the same mannerisms as both Batman and Bruce Wayne. And then I think people got so used to the awkwardness of Kilmer and Clooney that when Christian Bale came along and he's like, "You know what? I'm Bruce Wayne," and all of a sudden, "Hey, I'm Batman." It was <laughs> so drastically different, and I think that's why people made made fun of it. But when Super you think Zoe, about it. Lizard. But then, um, uh, uh, um, if you watch like any of the DC TV shows, they do something similar to where, like, I think even in um, uh, uh, Clinton Smallville, when the Green Arrow was on, he would be Oliver Queen, but he had some like synthesizer voice to where he was like, nah, "I'm the Green Arrow." Like, obviously, it wasn't that bad, but like, <laughs> I am Kane. He would he would purposefully mask his voice, and even in the Arrow TV show, he does the same thing. Um, you know, with the Flash, he just moves his face really fast. So you, you know, and he can like he's got like a little vibration sound. But like the whole idea is that he's hiding his identity, and I, and I really appreciated it. Um, uh, sometimes it sounds like he's going a little overboard, but yeah, it is what it is, man. I, mean, I he's, liked it. I, 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 okay. Hey, hey, hey! He's dressed as a fucking bat, huh? <laughs> For the record, I love it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I never thought of it before he did it. I was like, why doesn't... And then, I th- of course, that's why he's doing it. I thought it was cool. I never had a problem with it, but I yeah. just love the jokes. Yeah. Uh, and furthermore, I think that as far as Christian Bale's character go in his acting, I always honestly really loved him being the the rich playboy yeah. uh, billionaire character, a Bruce Wayne character. He just played it so perfectly. His, oh, yeah. You know, his... his uh, he even goes as far in this movie to hate on Batman, to make even Harvey Dent think that he's against Batman. Yeah. To even play up his his cover even more. 
you know, and I really loved it. What did you guys think of Katie Holmes versus Maggie Gyllenhaal in terms of them changing the actress for the Rachel character? Um, I always felt Katie Holmes way more attractive. <laughs> I, I mean, I like Katie Holmes. And <laughs> Agreed. What's her face? What, uh, what's her name? Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie. Oh, Maggie. You know, I, I mean, I'd want to like her, but oh man, it's just, she has a, she's a better actress, I think, than Katie Holmes. But is attractiveness, uh, I gotta give it to Katie Holmes. So I'll so put I it was this. Sad. Yeah, I'll put it this way. I think that Katie is more attractive. Yes, and obviously that's not the most important thing. But I think Maggie Gyllenhaal did a much better service yeah, to the character than I Katie agree. Holmes did. Katie Holmes is just like. I don't know, like she was just kind of there. She's like, Bruce, you got to do the <laughs> yeah. right thing. While Maggie was like, she was trying to like drive points home. And like she was like, you could tell she was split between Bruce and Harvey Dent. No, she was a way better and, actress, dude. And Yeah. And I I, I liked her as Rachel Dawes um, a lot more than I, I did Katie Holmes. But, you know, if, if I had to choose one or the other, I mean, obviously you're watching a movie. So you want to have something that's easier to look at. Um, not to say that I don't appreciate a Maggie Gyllenhaal, um, but <laughs> I do prefer Katie Holmes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man, you never know who's going to listen to this. I don't want to say she's a you know dog. No, I never said that. that. I just, well, I just said what that. you was thinking. I know. No, no, no. I just said that Katie Holmes is more attractive. What's wrong with that? She did slap Christian Bale in the face in the first movie, so I give her a little bit of credit for that. I like that scene. Uh, now, I ha- before we move on. We're going to do it. FMK. Katie Holmes, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Hathaway. Real quick. Oh, damn. Oh, I got it. Uh, go for I'm it. Ready to go. All right. So you're going you're gonna, to uh, F Katie Holmes, Marianne Hathaway, kill Maggie Gyllenhaal. Uh, it, I was going to do the same thing. Uh, uh, so. I, you went done, dog. Uh, I'm going to marry Katie Holmes. For sure. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, for oh, sure. She's a crazy Scientologist. All right. Uh, yeah. Just because I, I don't like Anne Hathaway. She annoys me like oh, when yeah, a writer used to. Uh, she annoys me. So, but I, Maggie Gyllenhaal is probably not attractive enough for me to want to do over the other two. So, I'll, I'll F Anne Hathaway. Um, and then I don't care, Maggie. <laughs> it sucks. Sorry, Maggie. Uh, so, the scene... Okay, let's get into the some let's get into a scene here. The scene where the gangsters gather and the Joker appears and does the whole thing where he's like, I'm gonna do a magic trick and all this shit like that. And says I'm not crazy and all this stuff. Like that scene to me is one of those scenes where you first I, I don't know. I mean I guess you first realize that the Joker is something different when you see the first scene, but that one really put it home like you saw Heath Ledger's chops right there. Where yeah. you were almost laughing at at the shit that he was saying, almost. Yeah, I, I think that's one thing that really attracts a lot of people to this character. Um, I mean, you even that year that it came out, like the Joker was one of the hottest Halloween costumes, right? Because everybody wanted to be the goddamn Joker. Um, but there's something that's so innocent and simple about this character, but he 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 seems so badass, and I think it it made a lot of people. Um, probably very insecure people. 
I don't know, maybe find solace in the character and say, hey, I can I can be strong like this person is, although he's a fucking psychopath, right? Um, but there is something about the character in that scene where you can tell, like, he doesn't have a lot of soft points or a lot of weaknesses, but it feels like the fact that you're calling him out on being crazy is a weakness, and he's very sensitive about that. I always felt that uh, Heath Ledger's portrayal uh, of the role—I so totally said that wrong. Well, whatever his his portrayal, <laughs> his portrayal of the role was <laughs> capitalism. It's all right. <laughs> the pretty much the most realistic version of what Joker, like the cartoonish Joker, could be in real life. You know what I mean? Uh, I, the, the most accurate portrayal the, the, the of what the Joker is supposed uh, to be. It's supposed to be in real life, right? Yeah. Because he's—I mean, this Joker's still a bit comic-ish. You know what I mean? Like what he does, he's still a little bit comic-y, but like I don't know if look it looks like Joaquin Phoenix's version is gonna be like really humanized, right? Mm. So it, it doesn't seem like he's gonna be he's gonna be a uh, comic bushy, comic booky, right? So but Heath Ledger's like right there in the middle, perfect realism and perfect comic book like villain, and uh, they did a, such a great job with him because you look at you look at um what is the um. Who was the one that did in the first Batman? Uh, what's Jack his face? Nelson. Jack Nelson. He he was like he was a version of like uh, Cesar Romero's Joker, and actually I think it was just that it was like a '90s version of the Cesar Romero character, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean he he did a good job, you know, but just Heath Ledger just brought it just to a whole other level. It was yeah. an amazing showing of mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I mean, and I, and, yeah, and I was reading up on it that where a lot of people passed on the role because they were afraid of mimicking uh, Jack Nicholson. But, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I don't know. Heath Ledger wasn't afraid to do it, and he came in. He's like, this is how I'm going to do it. Obviously, he did something way different. No. Um, the, and what's funny is that he does a lot of stuff in the role that's comedic that I laughed at. Yeah, and me I too. think a lot of people laughed at without necessarily being a funny character. And, and, and I'm pretty sure the role wasn't intended to be funny, but he just does stuff, you know, that mm-hmm. plays out that way. I mean, every time he's on screen, Heath Ledger, it's just captivating. It's basically much watch TV. Like if you just watch the Heath Ledger scenes and that's all you see, it's just it, it just golden. It's just pure magic. Every time he's on the screen, it's just pure magic. Yeah. And you don't know. I mean, obviously, you've seen the movie, but and you know what's going to happen. But I remember seeing it for the first time, and I was like, I don't know what he's going to do. I have no idea what this character is going to do. Mm. And they really wrote the character as this sort of storm. This He's just chaos. And mm-hmm. the motivations aren't clear. And obviously, I think Michael Caine alludes to it. Some men just want to see the world burn. And, you know, that is one of the... I guess that's the the story telling us what his motivations are. But we never really see any of that stuff. We don't know what his background is. They mention that his clothes don't even have tags on them. And he doesn't doesn't have money, per se. He doesn't have accounts. He has no records of anything. He's truly a... You know, a, a an enigma. Exactly. Yeah. He's a no he's a nobody. But when he is there in his person, he's a person. He's a real person. Mm-hmm. And some of those scenes is specifically the one where he gets captured and he's in the questioning room. It's just some of the stuff that he says in there is like I think is some of the best meta commentary about the genre itself within a film mm-hmm. that has ever been written. 
Um, and I and I think that one of the things about his character is, is that he doesn't try to fight. And Gucci will know. Gucci, I think Gucci will have some thoughts about this. He doesn't try to fight Batman's strength with strength. He finds other ways to use Batman's mm, psyche or his mental state against him in ways that yeah. few other villains in any genre of film or comic or novel ever really are able to. They're really never really able to capture it the way that the Joker does. But yeah. he kind of does in the movie. Like even when when Joker invades the uh, party that Bruce Wayne's holding for Harvey Dent, uh, Joker's in there with his hoodlums. And when Batman comes in, he's he's joining in in the fight. Like he's throwing his guys at Batman. But then he'll go and he'll take pot shots at him. And, he, and there's even one point where he clicks down. And he has a blade come out of his boot and he stabs Batman with it. Like he's going toe to toe with him. And then even later in the movie, when he's when when you know Batman's going through the the building and he's got those you know sonar lenses on, so he's only you know acting like he's blind as a submarine. Um, uh, he Joker comes in with those dogs and he has the dogs attack him. But and as the dogs are attacking him, then he comes in and he goes toe to toe. And then at one but, point, but seriously, it's dude, just when- them. Wait, wait, when I was going to bring that up, I knew you were going to bring this. Dude, when he's hitting him, when those dogs are attacking him, it looks like he's looking like he's just like a like a old person like waving a broom at him, though, dude. Look at how he's swinging those weapons. It looks so funny. Well, that's... Oh, man. I think, the, I think what the Joker is doing there is he's he just enjoys being involved. I don't yeah, even think exactly. he's actually trying to hurt Batman. He uh, just thinks it's fun, well, I think. Well, he tells him. He tells him, I don't want to... I don't want you... I don't want you dead. Yeah, I love what that. What was he going to do when, you, when oh, you're dead? You complete me. Exactly. That's perfect. That's the That's perfect, perfect scene. Yeah. yeah, the way he describes it. And I, and uh I think it's it's interesting because that character in that scene takes a lot of damage. And I was curious if you guys thought that the Joker feel if the, whether the Joker feels pain. I think in the first movie maybe they mentioned that his nerves were messed up or something. Jack Nicholson's nerves were messed up in the original Batman movie and that he didn't feel yeah. pain, but and they don't that, really well, that touch was a side on effect this one. from the chemical. Yeah. Stuff they they don't doing. mention any of that in this movie, so I was curious. Do you think in the Heath Ledger version of Joker it feels any pain? Because it doesn't seem to. He seems to I actually enjoy it. I don't know because there's that scene when they're they're in the interrogation room and um, uh, Batman sl- like you know the lights turn on. And he slams his head on the table, and then Joker's like, "You don't start with the head because then you know the victim or whatever uh, interrogate gets all fuzzy and he doesn't feel pain." And then Batman slams his hand down on his, <laughs> on, his, on on Joker's hand, and he's like, "See?" Yeah. And then even then, like he's he getting like flinch. he didn't flinch he at all. He's just like, mm, okay, yeah, see? And then he's getting tossed around the room. He gets slammed on a metal table, face in the glass, kicked and punched and hit by Batman, and he's just like, he's still La- up and he's talking. And even he's like, laughing, yeah. Yeah, and like, I don't know. Like, it's it's hard. It's, like, there hasn't, there wasn't a single scene in that movie that I can recall where, like, Joker would have been incapacitated due to pain. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Dude, I think maybe he doesn't feel pain. Even when even when they crash that uh his car, remember? If fool comes out, he like you know, he's he's groggy it looks like though. But still remember? he's just like like uh, he's like, "Oh, okay." Uh, and like he yeah, just no, shrugs he, it off. No, he looks perfectly <laughs> fine. Like, you do think he'd yeah. be like have broken bones and stuff. And the rest of his team's dead. They're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe he gets it right. Maybe he does. Maybe he has is one of those things where it's like Maybe there's something wrong with his brain where like he doesn't sense it Probably. because of it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys do you guys think that he? I, I know this is one of the things that we talked about in some other comics or maybe even some like tabletop uh, Dungeons and Dragons type games that there's this element of like a tangible element that a character can have of luck, 
right? Like if they're lucky, then there's certain things that they can overcome because they have yeah. luck. And I was curious if you guys thought that the Joker had luck because there was quite a few scenes where the Joker could have got maybe killed or hurt and he never seemed to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I see what you're getting at, but I think in this case, because it is a comic book movie, I think they would have just tied that up to like super meta human abilities or something, you know? Because in, in all the comics, we see they always allude that um, Joker is some kind of person that doesn't have, like, doesn't feel physical pain or even any physical, any emotional pain type thing, right? Mm. And, um, and you know, like, they portrayed in different ways. Like you said, like, in the first movie, in the Batman one, he, like, fell into the chemical, right, that made him uh, immune, I guess, to pain. I think one of the comic books is, again, it's, like, a mental issue. That's why I'm pretty sure that's what this one is. Um, or like a condition that you don't feel pain. So like when you're little, like it's really crazy. It's, it's actually conditioned out there where like your nerves don't work. So you like, don't feel any pain Yeah, and it's extremely dangerous for children because like, they'll put their hands into burning water and not feel it. Just nuts, dude. Maybe he has that. Probably. Yeah. In this movie. Um, so do you, uh, do you guys think that, uh, the uh when bat when joker says to batman and then we'll move on he says there's nothing that he can use that you can use as leverage essentially there's nothing yeah. you can use to hurt me yeah so do you think that the joker is just simply enjoying that batman is showing him attention because when you think about it there's really nothing batman can do to joker he doesn't joker doesn't really even care if batman kills him I think that is more of a like showing into the fact that there's nothing real with the Joker. Like he doesn't care about money. He doesn't care about his, you know, his his public image. He doesn't care about um uh, obviously pain. Uh he we don't know who he is. We don't know where he comes from. He doesn't know anything. We don't know anything about his family other than the fact that he had an abusive father. Um he had a wife who was attacked and her face got sliced up so he sliced himself to make her happy even if that's true we all for all we know that could be a lie that he was telling um you know rachel just to get her freaked out because you know that's what the joker does so um there's really nothing we know about this character and for all we know he has nothing in life so there's nothing that you know uh uh, he's probably thinking like a criminal to where like with uh with Batman he was able to use Rachel Dawes against him but Batman doesn't have that same leverage against Joker cuz Joker has nothing hmm that's how i interpreted it at least i don't know it's it seems like it's always the same thing that gets Joker is his cockiness and this one is exactly what it was so that's the one thing that Batman always, always, always is used against Joker. Is that Joker wants, like, he, he tries to show up Batman and Batman somehow out, outwits him. And, and then, then, then Joker goes into to Cobra Commander mode and just goes, goes shit face. I mean, goes just bat shit all over his man. This is, this is what Joker happens. Always yep. happens to Joker. Um, are you, uh, and by the way, do you guys? I'm assuming you guys agree that none of the Joker stories were true. Oh no, there's not a shred so. of truth no, to the, not any a of, shred them. of truth. No. Okay, so the 
what do you guys think? I was in this movie. I really love how smug Morgan Freeman is every time he's on screen. And, you know, he even teases Bruce a little bit about like when Bruce comes and asks him about uh, the China trip. And he's like, that sounds like, you know, it's kind of tame for you. And then he tells him, like, I'm going to get on the plane while it's still going. He's like, that's more like it. Um, and then there's the other scene where he's the guy's trying to blackmail Bruce mm-hmm. and Morgan Freeman tells him, you know, if the guy that goes out with a bat suit fighting, you know, the world's worst criminals is the guy that you want to blackmail, go for it. <laughs> yeah. And then the fool backs off. I just think Morgan Freeman's just awesome in this movie. Yeah, because if you if you watch um uh what is it? The um The Dark Knight Rises, like he gets more he Morgan Freeman's character uh, Lucius Fox gets put into more of a like like subservient role and he doesn't have that ability to really help out in any major way other than you know when everybody gets taken prisoner he has a couple of connections here and there um he even gets um I think what's her name uh uh Ghoul's daughter like um Talia what's her name yeah Natalia Ghoul whatever yeah. like like she's able to outwit him and like use him to her advantage and stuff like that. So it's like, he's kind of like, I don't know, like not a bumbling idiot, but he's just kind of useless in the second movie. Um, in the first movie, he's just kind of there and he's like, Oh, he's the tech guy. But this one, he's like, you get to see some of his personality. So you're yeah. like, Oh, not only is he a tech guy and he comes up with some badass stuff. He's got some jokes. He's got some abilities, you know, <laughs> like, jokes. like, but he does, he makes, he makes funny comments and stuff. Like, yeah. um, uh, when he has <laughs> the sonar thing in China, and then uh, he's like, yeah, it's a, it leaves it rings out the sonar thing, blah blah blah, and like Bruce is like, oh, I get it, like uh, like a you know because he's Batman, and then Bruce is like, exactly like a submarine. It's like that right there was like a small joke that like, it's not like an over the top funny hilarious joke, but like it brings some levity and some comedy to the movie that doesn't really have a whole lot there, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, did you, uh, (laughs) I don't want to make this all about the Joker. So let me try to find some other things that I found interesting. The, let's talk about a little bit about Alfred. (laughs) We could talk about Rachel too. I was curious. Let's, let's do. Okay. So Alfred, Rachel writes this letter to Bruce, essentially rejecting him. I'm guessing when he was basically saying, I'm not going to be Batman anymore. We could finally be together. And Alfred, doesn't give him was going to give him the letter then doesn't give him the letter then Mm -hmm. burns the letter yeah but then i think in the next movie he actually tells him what was in the letter and i don't know if bruce believes him or not but uh what did you guys make of that whole thing i i think it's just it's it's more like um a father figure protecting his child you know because I don't know where Bruce got the idea that she was going to leave him for or leave Harvey for him, but that was the last thought that he had before she died. And so, you know, um, uh, even after everything that happened, what was kind of weird is that she's dead and Alfred's still going to give this letter to Bruce. Um, But, you know, it gets to the point to where. Alfred's about ready to walk away and then Bruce is like she was gonna leave Harvey for me <laughs> and then yeah. Alfred's like oh shit hold on grabs that shit and then like he realizes like the implications he could have it would destroy Bruce knowing that he essentially let her die and then all for what that she was gonna leave him anyway 
I think like Alfred just thought that that was going to crush Bruce, so he protected him and took that took that knowledge away and, and erased it. I I I I think something similar to it, but instead of it's like I felt when um, it's one of those things where it's let sleeping you know sleeping dogs lie. Alfred saw it when he told him like, "Oh, she said she was going to stay, leave me for him, right, or leave me or, or stay with me," and how much it like meant to him. He was like, "Well, you know what? She's dead anyways. Let the let the poor man think what he wants to think, you know." Yeah. And then on retrospect now, he I'm pretty sure uh Alfred told him in the third movie about it because maybe um I don't know, maybe uh Bruce Wayne still had feelings for it and was still holding on to that little hope. Mm. And then Alfred's like, "Sorry, bro. Shit, she was fucking going to dump you." Yeah. You better go hang, hang out with fucking uh with the Catwoman over there. Yeah, you better go get that whip. So I'm pretty sure that's the reason why he told him eventually, but mm. yeah. So they're similar. Thanks. Makes sense. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, there's and also, the, first of all, I, were you guys surprised that Rachel actually died in the movie? I mean, obviously, you know the that how it plays into the po- the plot and so forth. But I remember watching the movie and I was like, "Wait a second, she's dead. That's it." You know, as weird as it sounds, I thought it was kind of refreshing because. It's it's think about it like this. Like think about the Dark Knight as the Empire Strikes Back. Like that is probably the darkest note that Bruce can end on and he even gets, you know, you know, ostracized from his city because everybody thinks he's the villain. Um but it's like it was I don't know for me personally and I don't know if this has anything to do about, you know, says anything about my character, but I always have have this weird um, satisfaction when the villain succeeds because almost every Hollywood movie, the good guy always wins. And it's yeah. nice and refreshing to see when the bad guy actually does something more than, you know, take over a building, you know? Um, and it shows that this guy's actually gaining momentum and he's gaining leverage over the hero. So now the hero has to come through some insurmountable odds to win. And even in this movie, even though Batman gets Joker, I don't think he necessarily wins because he loses Rachel. He loses Harvey. Um, he uh, uh, he almost succumbs to the Joker. He almost loses Lucius at the same time because he yeah. kind of plays Lucius and that pisses off Lucius. And he's at the point where he's like, I'm not going to do this for you again because that was a dick move. You know, <laughs> so like Batman gives up sacrifices a lot and even still, he gets run out of the city. So he's now public public enemy number one in Gotham. So, you know, it's it in the end, it's fucker loses. I, I, that was what, that was a question I had for you guys. To now that you mentioned it, Devo, do you guys think that the Joker wins in this movie? Hmm. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he did, dude. Just because wow. of what, like, everything that he pulled off, like, everything up until that point, killing the, you know, uh, killing the uh, the public officials, all those people, I mean, mm. uh, turning Harvey Dent against them, against, you know, against the city, uh, killing, killing Rachel, killing Rachel, I mean, all the stuff, the only thing that he didn't succeed on is, like, I guess, proving Batman wrong that 
the people of Bra- uh, of Gotham are assholes like him. That's yeah. the only thing that he didn't prove. That's the one thing that he failed on. Everything else, he succeeded. Because his goal was never to beat up Batman. We know that. His goal was to show up Batman and to show him that everyone in Gotham was just like uh, the Joker. And they weren't. Yeah, but he even proved that because they turned on him. He basically, the the Joker was able to convince Batman that Batman had to actually allow the people to turn on him in order for the people to. Well, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about that, that turn on him. You know, I'm talking about the people that were going to kill each other in the boat. Cause oh, he, yeah, 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 he yeah, yeah, suspected yeah. that those so, one some one of those you know one of those groups of people were going to kill the other, yeah, and that's that's when he that's in, in his eyes that's where he failed. Oh, because that's when he gets yeah. up and he gets annoyed, right? Yeah, yeah everything else, yeah, if it's you know, I, I even agree with you in that one because he won there too. Yeah, he won there. He won there. He won every single pretty much like skirmish that they had. Although maybe I guess Batman won the war against the Joker. Or the so, I guess the battle, but at at the very end when the Joker falls off the building, was he intending to make it look like Batman killed him? Because Batman saves him, and like the Joker gets all pissed off, and that's like the big thing—the nah. fact that the Batman saves him. So like yeah. I don't I don't remember exactly what the whole plan was. Yeah. Um, as to why you know the Joker w- wanted it to make it look like. Batman killed him. I don't know. You know, and one of the loopholes there, too, is that, I mean, it's on camera that obviously he beat up the Joker, Joker was fallen, and he saved the Joker, right? Yeah. It's obvious there. It obviously means justice. And all of a sudden, Batman killed all these people that have, you know, they've been working with him. It doesn't make any sense. That's a huge loophole. They're that People were just like, oh, it was Batman the whole time. He was the big sinister guy, although he helped us trap all these, you know, other people. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a huge loophole for me. It's always has been. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the Joker wanted Batman to either save him. I don't think the Joker even cared what Batman did. I think he just wanted Batman to be, put Batman in a position where he had to decide whether or not he was going to let the Joker die or live. Yeah, And I think he would have been fine with either one. If the Joker died and that proved that Batman wasn't infallible, that he could kill someone, I think the Joker would have probably went to his grave thinking, I proved it. I proved what I wanted to prove. And if, the jo- and if Batman saved him, then it's cool because then he gets to continue living knowing that they're still enemies whatever have you you know and yeah obviously he's not dead at the end of the film so no. and i think they i don't know if they mention it in the dark knight rises that he was in arkham asylum um but i think it's known that he went to arkham asylum after this yeah and he never obviously appeared in these other films but i'm assuming he's alive at least during the course of even the next film uh now you mentioned Harvey Dent, and he got essentially turned to the dark side in this film. Did, did you guys think that his sort of transformation from being the you know the savior angel to the harbinger of death was like well done and realistic? Um, I I don't think it was. I think it was poorly executed. Mm. Maybe not realistic, but I think it's. I don't know. It's. It's. It. I think it was just poorly done because he goes from being, being, 
super sweet good guy, and then all of a sudden now he's willing to do what it takes to get the bad guy, even if it means becoming a bad guy himself, even though he delivers that line, you know, you either you know die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And yeah. then it's it's when he gets burnt up when his psychosis takes over. You know, he stops he's refusing pain medicine, et cetera, et cetera. Um but even before that, when um he gets that that uh that cop guy, um, one of Joker's guys, like he's beating the crap out of him, like he's willing like he's willing to step over that edge. Um I think it was just throughout everything that's happening in the movie with all the characters that are in there you had to usher Harvey Dent into Two-Face. And then it went from Harvey Dent, Harvey Dent, Harvey Dent to all of a sudden, oh, now we got to get to Two-Face. Um, I think, it, again, it was just poorly executed. If, yeah. if if he was maybe the sole villain of the movie, um, and if you had you know Batman and Harvey Dent going after maybe a smaller-time crook, that's causing some issues, and then that turned Harvey Dent into Two-Face, then you could spend a little more time to, to make him start to turn psychotic because my understanding is it's the whole acid on um, Harvey that makes him go psychotic, but it takes time for him to, to get into that psychosis because it takes a lot of time for him to recover. In well, this movie, he's still in the hospital with the bandage over his face, and all of a sudden he's a psychopath. Well, and, the whole, and the whole thing is that, like, one of the big, you know, uh, mythos of Two Face is this is gambling addiction. He loves to gamble. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I mean, they alluded to it in, in in this movie, but like like you said, it's just it's such a it's such a um, an interesting story to tell. But it was too condensed at the time. Yeah. So it it just it, they did it poorly, and it, that plays a huge part in it. And he's supposed to have when he loses, he's supposed to have a temper. Mm-hmm. Right, and he, they they play on that, and uh, obviously it was part of his neurosis, the psychosis that he eventually gets, you know. But uh, I think, I mean, it it doesn't seem to fit in. It, it'll fit, it fits in towards the end why he flips the coin, I guess. But I mean, it's it. it I like oh, it is Aaron Eckhart right oh, yeah. as as Two Face? I thought he did a good job. Mm-hmm. But uh, like you said, it's just it's. I mean, it's a, a whole story done in like what that last half an hour of the movie. Yeah, the the thirty five, the last thirty five minutes of the movie. So it's yeah, yeah. It felt like like you like you said, Devo. It felt pigeonholed in there. Yeah, and, and yeah. I get why they did it. Uh, but it was odd to have that character. Um, be Harvey Dent for so long, then become Two Face, and then die, and that's yeah. it. He's just dead. Yeah, and it's like, all right, I guess that's done. I didn't like that he died, you know, because Two Face, like after he gets burned or whatever, like, he, like he gets that whole thing where it's it's like he has takes almost no damage. You know, Two Face gets mm. that same kind of like, you know, somehow in vulnerability. Yeah. So I don't. I didn't like that he died. I think did you, I thought it was silly. Did you get like the way that they animated Aaron Eckhart's face, the face being burnt off? Did you guys feel like it was a realistic depiction of what Two Face looked like? And do you think that if someone's face was that burnt off, that they could actually still be alive? My my thing is that is like if they would have made it look like. <laughs> Like uh, what it looks like in the comic book, I don't. I I, I think it just looked it looked too childish or too comic. It would look even worse. Yeah, I agree. 
I think I think they overdid it on the facial because like he was like missing chunks out of his face, yeah. right? Like you could see like the musculature all the way through. I I don't I don't think they they went a bit too far on it, but what they did was a lot better than possibly what could have happened. Look look what they did to Tommy Lee Jones for fuck's sake. Well, Tommy yeah. Lee Jones is in in um uh, his look is more accurate to what the comics I, were. Comic book is I I agree. But this in, these... the, in the comics, the whole thing is that he gets splashed with acid. Yeah, and the acid makes him look all like weirded out and like melt his face. Like, yeah, melted face. Yeah. Like it's a perfect uh, symmetrical burn. Yeah, and, uh, all the way down. Yeah, and all the way down, and he's got these weird <laughs> colors like purples and blues and no, no, like that. I, no. Tommy Lee Jones' character is closer to the comic, but dude, come on, could you imagine yeah. that in this film? But I really liked how they handled Two Face's look in this yes. movie. You know, they explained how it happened. He gets the burn. Um, you know, when he's when he's in that room with all the. Um, uh, with all the barrel drums and he falls over and like the, the gasoline is all over his face. Like, you know, like shit's going to go down. Yeah. It, tick, tick, tick. tick no, I like that part. That happen. part was fun. Um, and then all of a sudden he gets burnt up and it's like, all right, like, all right. And then like when you, they even like tease it when he's in the hospital, he's got the, the stuff he's covering his face. And then, um, you know, he wakes up and he's like shaking around and you see the bandage come off, but you yeah. don't see his face. You're like, oh, okay. And then he gets visited by Gordon. And I like that he part. He looks yeah. over, and like as he's looking over, and then the camera cuts to Gordon, and then Gordon's just like, oh. and then it cuts back to Harvey. But as he's as it cuts back to Harvey, he's turning you know turning over to where you can't see his face. Yeah. And then finally, he's like, "What do they call me back down in Eternal Affairs?" <laughs> oh, I don't know. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> and then he turns over, and like you see his, his face, and it's like I don't. Know, I thought it looked fucking awesome. No, it, it looked. Aaron Eckhart was great. Aaron Eckhart was great. I just think they over a little bit overdid it. Mm. I like what it looked like, but I just it went a little bit too much to this on the on like the it's like the face is missing too much, you know. Nah. Yeah, I, I thought it looked cool, but I was like, he probably would be dead. Yeah, if it's got burnt up that much. And that's another thing too is 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 they say that he was rejecting you know medicine things like that, but they didn't really expand it like. You know, they could have even just said, "Oh, he's got this high tolerance for pain," or you know, something like that. Um, the the way the fil- okay, so I gotta ask you guys this: the way the film, you know, the first film, it really starts off with about how they're sort of building this idea of a a hero, where you have to build you have to build up this character who's not really a person, is like mm-hmm. an idea, is a like a you know something that people fear even though it's not the man that they fear it's the idea of this thing the batman and they really you know they really concentrate on building up that mythos within the the minds of the audience and at the end of the film they sort of go back to that where they say batman is not about being morally correct all the time being the hero batman is is actually here to serve the people to give the people what they need even if that's detrimental to Batman himself. Mm. It's whatever benefits the people. And Batman is willing to do that. And and only certain people would know that he sacrificed himself in that way. And their authorities are after him. And he did that to save the image of Harvey Dent and pr- preserve that. Because the idea being that if the image of Harvey Dent was damaged, that would be do more damage to the public. 
psyche than Batman being some vigilante or something. Because mm. uh, he's always been on the edges of what was legal, so to speak. Mm. And at the end of the film, it's it sort of ends with it ends with Batman running away from the authorities, yeah, and becoming an outlaw, so to speak. And obviously, this idea of the antihero has become way more prevalent in modern cinema and in modern literature. Uh, but you know, Batman was, was kind of one of the first characters to sort of embody that. And the way that they ended this film was obviously you knew that there was another the third movie coming, so that you know, kind of left a little bit of a cliffhanger, but I really thought that the way that they, you know, sort of set Batman up to be the loser in this film, like we discussed before, was was rather unique and sort of a bold move to make in a film like this. And and I kind of actually enjoyed it and got me excited for what would end up being Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I'd agree with that. Um, And so, you know, overall, I... I I was just curious, um, I guess, you know, this movie is, I, I would say one of the, one of the movies that has a lot of, you know, these Marvel movies that came out recently, you know, they're really good. People like them and stuff, but there's not the, I don't think people are like repeating the quotes from the movies, like these one liners, like this movie sort of has like everyone. I remember when this movie came out, everyone was why so serious. It was on t-shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of other in everyone. I'm Batman and all the shit like that, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm Batman. And I'm Batman. <laughs> and I was just curious what your guys' favorite quotes were from this movie in particular, or favorite scenes and things that made you laugh or whatever have you. Um, for me, like the first one that stands out is um, the whole—not the whole hospital scene, but the hospital scene when um, everybody's getting evacuated and Joker's walking out, walking out, and he hits the detonator, and nothing happens. And he starts like slamming up the detonator, and he looks back, and then all of a sudden it blows up. He's like, "Oh!" And like, just he <laughs> just kind of like slowly walks away to the to the bus. Like, apparently that was all ad libbed by um, Heath Ledger because. When he hit the button, it was supposed to blow up, but like the detonation, like the stunt detonations, really didn't work. But you know, Christopher Nolan was just like, "Keep rolling, keep rolling," and then whatever Heath Ledger did, that's what they ended up going with. And it was just a pure natural reaction for Heath yeah. Ledger. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but one, I, I even wrote some notes down here. Um, the Joker kills people, and I laugh like. The way he kills people in this movie, like uh, you know, when he first goes in with the um, uh, with the with the gangsters, and they're like, "What are you doing here, clown?" He's like, "I'm here for a magic trick. I'm gonna make this pencil disappear." And then the guard comes up and he boom right in the eye. He's like, "Gone," you know. It's like <laughs> stuff like that's hilarious. Uh, Gooch, what did you? What were your favorite? Um, I've always always liked the beginning of this film. It was like, when I remember the very first one we watched, I'm like, damn, this is like Reservoir Dogs and shit, right? Mm. The way this feels, and or, or you know, uh, some other like bank robbing ones that are really good. And then it turns out that it was the Joker the whole time there. I thought I loved it. I loved the way they introduced the Joker in this film. And, yeah. and, and the guy coming out is like, don't you fucking know who this shit is, whose bank is? And, and Joker just, the guy, when Joker, the other, uh, his, his minion goes, we'll go on three. And Joker just gets up and shoots the fool. Yeah. He's all, I told you with three. <laughs> he yells, yeah, yeah. Joker. He's all, where'd you learn to count? Yeah, where'd you learn to count? He's like, where'd you learn to count? 
Just trying to get him killed. <laughs> so it just it just it's just so awesome. I've always always loved that scene. So yeah, he he has another scene where he kills Michael Jai White, and he goes, you know, we have a you know, there's some opportunities for aggressive expansion. Yeah. We have some openings, but right We're- now we only have one, and he breaks the pool cue in half, and he's. He's like, so uh, right now we have auditions or tryouts or something we like that. We have tryouts. Yeah, it, that was good. One of my, 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 I think maybe one of my favorite moments in the movie that I laugh every time I see it is when he crashes the Harvey Dent fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And he's going around. He's asking, where's Harvey Dent? Where's Harvey Dent? He grabs a champagne glass. Oh, yeah. And throws the liquid out and then drinks it. <laughs> drinks it. And then, <laughs> but, well, he, but the, the and thing is, the he, when glass. he grabs it, he grabs it so aggressively, yeah. all the champagne comes out. He doesn't know it, and he goes to drink it, and then he looks at it, and somebody's like, huh, and he just puts it down. <laughs> I thought he did it on purpose. It looked. I thought he like emptied it on purpose and then drank it like he was just a fool. But I guess maybe you're right, Devo, and but he, I just and, love the way he... I just love that. I laugh every time. And even before time. that, like, he grabs a little hors d'oeuvre, and he's like, he bites it, and he's like... Mm-hmm. He's like chewing on it, like there's just his little mannerisms, yeah. like yeah. that. It was like it's hilarious. And then right after he does it, he slaps some guy in the face and asks him, "Where's Harvey?" Yeah. I was like, "This is <laughs> it's hilarious. He's so good." <laughs> and uh, and some of the, and the thing I love about him too is he's actually kind of frightening too when he starts telling those stories. You're, I mean, at that moment, I thought he actually could kill Rachel. Like it wouldn't have surprised me if he would have killed her in that moment, and and even then when he's hanging her, when he's dangling her off the edge of the um the the whatever the building, and Batman's like you know let her go, and he's like poor choice of words, and he just lets her go. Let her go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I had a note about that. So okay, so so in that whole scene, um, they're in a penthouse full of like powerful people in Gotham, right? Mm-hmm. Joker's are yeah. crashing, and he's trying to go after Harvey Dent. Now, he drops Rachel, and Joker just straight tosses her. Batman dives after her, leaving the Joker alone in that penthouse with all those powerful people, and Harvey Dent still in the building, even though he's hidden. And they're just laying there and be like, are you okay? Yeah, what about Harvey? Oh, no, he's safe. And the scene ends, and then it just continue on the, continue, continues on the next day. So what happened? The Joker's like, oh, I tossed Rachel. Batman's gone. I'm just going to leave. Like, he doesn't do anything to those people in the building. That's true. Oh, that was yeah. weird. That and does he not go and try to find Harvey Dent in the rest of the penthouse? Like, he should have been like tearing that thing from you know top to bottom, trying yeah. to find Harvey Dent because he knew Harvey Dent would be there. Yeah, that's yeah. a loophole right there. Bullshit. Yeah, it's a big loophole because he all she does is like, let's not do that again. Yeah, and then this, then they're, and that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. The, the scene ends. Oh yeah, Joker's gone. Yeah, it's fine. Save He's like, day. you know what? Let's book it. Fuck it. Like I, Batman I, didn't even have to be job there. Job done. Job done. We'll yeah. take your word for it that Harvey Dent isn't here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Batman didn't even have to be there. Somebody could have been like, "Oh, Harvey's not here," and Joker be like, "Okay, all, all right, right we'll see leave. ya." Sorry to disturb your party. <laughs> what'd you guys? Uh, by the way, what'd you guys think of Gary Oldman? We didn't mention him. He's a great actor, and he's in the film. What'd you guys think of his performance in there? I really loved it. Gary I, Oldman is the G O A T, and uh, I mean. For me, anything he touches is gold, and not it's same with Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, I I thought he was a perfect Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, I 
The only one that was better was the one from the cartoon. And th- I know I think Gary Oldman is better than the one in the cartoon. Yeah, I'll, so, I'll, I'll say that too. Yeah. yeah. So and I, like I, he, even even he's dropping jokes. It's like when uh, when uh, Harvey Dent's up at the uh, he puts on the spotlight and Batman comes out and they're all talking, and then Harvey Dent's talking to him. He turns around, he's gone, and he turns back to Gordon. Gordon's like, he does that. Mm-hmm. That's just Batman. That's just Batman. <laughs> so I, I mentioned earlier in the the very beginning of the podcast that this is one of the best comic book movies ever made. And I personally think it's the best of the Dark Knight trilogy. And I don't know if you guys agree. And I, But I was curious where you guys rank it among other comic book films, like in the pantheon of them. So uh, for me, that's hard because if you compare it up to Marvel stuff, it's like it's it's really really challenging to do that. Like I said earlier, I think this is the best DC uh, movie. Um, or actually, because hmm, then that means that it would be the best Dark Knight movie. And for me, I'm torn between this movie and um, uh. <sighs> Dark Knight Rises because I really like Tom Hardy as Bane and I like what they did with Bane and I like that whole concept um, so for me it's like it's whenever I watch these two movies it's really a coin toss for me mm. um, but I mean they're better at I also really like Ben Affleck's Batman I'm not gonna lie but um, uh, oh my god uh, I, I, I think this Batman is He's standalone. This is all focusing on Batman, so I think this is the best DC, easily the best Batman movie, best DC uh, movie. I think it beats up you know Justice League, Batman vs Superman, any of the other Superman bullshits that they have, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Um, but you know, comparing it to Marvel stuff, like can you beat Winter Soldier? Um, does it beat uh, any of the you know Infinity Wars? Does it beat? I'd say it would be Guardians of the Galaxy because it's a completely different type of movie. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's 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 tough to compare it to Marvel stuff. Yeah, I I agree. But I mean, I've I don't really particularly like DC comics. I always like Batman because Batman again is just some dude in a suit. Um, I this is the best DC comic movie for me. I love this movie. I mean, it's up there for me and it like. If if you put it go to toe to toe with some of the best Marvel ones, maybe not, but it's up there in the Marvel my top five Mar like like a uh, comic book movies is my top five. I can't tell you where it is, but it's in my top five. I'd agree. I'd For agree sure. with that, Gooch. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, so, did you guys have any other any other uh, nuggets to add before we wrap this one up? Um, I want to know what were you guys' thoughts on the Tumblr Batmobile. <sighs> Just in terms of in this film or the whole series, like compared to like all the other Batmobiles and 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 all that stuff, like this this particular Batmobile is completely unlike any other Batman Batmobile we've seen. Animated series, all the movies, all the other cartoons, all the comics, uh, other TV shows. Like, how do you feel when you think of the Batmobile? Um, you know what? The funny thing about it is that again, if it's supposed to be some sort of, you know, uh, military, like futuristic military vehicle. I mean, it fits it right on the spot. And that's what most likely what Wayne industry would be working on anyways, right? Um, mm. Now, according to like iconic type, it doesn't fit it at all. I mean, you you kind of expect that sleek looking vehicle from 
from what part the first one or even the the the, the real cheesy one from the TV series. Mm-hmm. But I, that's something. I, that's the kind of thing I would be. I was expecting. I, for real, for realism, it gets probably a really high mark on it. But for Batman, it's it's one of the worst. <laughs> okay. I I thought that the nature of these films, the fact that they were so character and plot driven rather than action and special effects driven, like some of the other Batman films uh, before this trilogy, that the Batmobile was so de-emphasized that I I, I almost forgot that it was in the movie. Honestly, mm, when you okay. mentioned it, I was like, "Oh, right, that's right." I guess there is a Batmobile. I almost, I, I almost associate this particular series more with the motorcycle mm. than I would with even the tumbler. So, as far as like incorporate, and I feel like the original Michael Keaton films, and, and they really incorporate, they incorporated the use of the Batmobile quite significantly, and mm-hmm. these movies sort of de-emphasize it, like I mentioned, and that's all. I would say as far as like how they integrated it into the story, it's fairly poor, but I think the execution of it and what its purpose is, like Gooch mentioned, is fairly realistic and is actually probably more accurate than the original comic would suggest a a Batmobile should be. Hmm. Fair enough. Um, So given the fact that this film was centered around the Joker and the Batman Batman's relationship and obviously this new movie the Joker itself is focusing on the Joker and this seems to be a new trend of films where the you can actually make a Hollywood film where the main character is the villain in some comic book like they did with Venom and I was curious what you guys I don't know anything about this movie it like even what Gooch said earlier about how it's a humanized approach to the character uh, is more than I even know about it. And that's by design because oh, I don't, really don't uh, want to know too much about it because I just want to watch it. But what are your guys' expectations yeah. for it? Or what are you guys thinking that you, you know, your hopes for it? And uh, just to, before we, uh, before we uh, close, close up shop here. Um, At first, I, you know, I didn't think much of it because I know the way that things are going, like in the DC universe and in Hollywood, it, I didn't think it was going to be good. But when they started showing, like, the... I, I know you didn't watch the trailer. But they showed the trailer, and I'm like, damn. This looks good. And, and Joaquin looked... He looked like a crazy ad of a Joker, right? So, mm. um, I'm actually excited to watch it. Uh, I'm, I don't want to expect too much from it. Just so I'm not disappointed. But I don't expect to be disappointed. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't have very high expectations because I have a feeling you're going to watch this movie and you can you can take the take away the name of the Joker and it's just going to be whatever movie. Like, yeah, true. The, my understanding is other than the fact that they mention a Wayne family, there's no real other connection to um, the comics. And maybe it takes place in D- Com- uh, Gotham. I don't know, but uh, you know he's not. This my understanding is, is this isn't the same Joker in Michael Keaton's Batman. It's not the same Joker uh, that becomes Heath Ledger. It's a completely different person. That no. is his own thing. Um, it's in a completely different universe than what we've already known. Um, it's completely standalone. 
and you know, not to really try to spoil anything, but from what I understand, there's no Batman in here. There's no talks of Batman. Um, it's just a guy wearing a clown mask that goes crazy and you know gets some sort of cult like following. So, yeah. um, but again, to reiterate what Lucho said, uh, you know, Joaquin's portrayal of the craziness and the psychoticness, I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, kind of, you know, what I've seen from the trailers, it's basically Taxi Driver with face paint. <laughs> It's interesting. I did see the the teaser trailer or a trailer or whatever. Uh, and, you know, Heath Ledger won Academy Award for his performance in The Dark Knight. And I've heard some people say that Joaquin Phoenix could be garnering some Academy Award buzz for this performance. So, wow. Nice. It'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how good of a film this is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I really want to see it. So, it's same. Definitely yeah. got to see it. Yeah. So, um, I suppose that uh, concludes the social deviant uh, discussion about the Dark Knight and uh, or our review or whatever the hell you want to call it. And um, I suppose uh, it's good to be back. Yes, and uh, feels good to be back. Yeah, I feel good to be back, and we'll be uh, we'll be coming with more of these. And um, yeah, I guess that's Rachel. Uh, that's Rachel. <laughs> It was supposed to be her. Why, man? Why, man? See, Aaron Eckhart had to see the. <laughs> he did a great job. Aaron Eckhart did. did a great job. Is <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right. Well, uh, until next time, uh, stay deviant, um, and we will see you soon. See ya. Ladies.